you know the entire world is gonna see everything you do. You know, unfortunately for me, I was on every episode and I did a lot of things. <laughs> People have seen me on TikTok grow from like zero followers to you know over a million go on shows and i think seeing the way that people have interacted with me you know i went to the gym and someone was like like bro you motivate me so much it's like oh like the thing that i never saw and me wanting to quit i've see i'm that thing now Simon, I'm a broadcaster, entrepreneur, and a cultural disruptor who's redefining what it means to be a creator. Welcome to Real Gems. Today's episode focuses in on using creative channels to develop, showcase, and highlight your true self. Today's guest wore his heart on his sleeve during Netflix's perfect match. He is an artist and he also has his own podcast. Please welcome Dom Gabriel. Dom, how's it going? Thank you for having me. How, uh, first of all, I have to make note. I don't know which camera we can show it into, but your nails, when we connected oh. at the premiere for Across the Spider-Verse, I was just like, oh my gosh, these are so amazing. Thank you. I try to uh, coordinate my nails with every occasion, if, oh. it, if it pans out, if it works. But So I, I actually, I mean, I have a question that talks a little bit about your beginnings, but I, because we're on the note of nails, I really wanna jump into this because mm -hmm. I feel like for you, this is something that your fans are into. It's something that is a part of, of you and, and your identity. And I also like the fact that you're comfortable and okay with painting your nails. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about that. Um, well, yeah, I've been painting my nails like pretty much my whole life since I was like 10 years old. Mm. Um, I was always kind of like that like emo, skater outsider weirdo kid i remember seeing jeff hardy in from wwe and he had his nails painted and that kind of gave me the confidence to kind of be like oh he's like the coolest like dude ever like so i started like doing permanent marker and then eventually i moved on to nail polish because i didn't know what nail polish was i was 10 years old and then there's my niece and i would paint my niece's uh hands and she would paint mine and then she wanted designs and i was like the best I could do was a smiley face. So I guess we're going to go to a salon, and that's when I started going to the salon, and we would get designs, and yeah, I've just been kind of escalating it ever since, and now I'm, like, getting the most intricate designs. <laughs> well, no, I think that's really cool. It, it definitely adds a lot more personality, and, I mean, not even just that, like, even your jacket, and you said that you got into more of an emo style when you were younger. What influenced you to get into that kind a vibe for yourself? I, I think it was just, you know, with my style and my fashion, my nails, everything, I just kind of always been somebody who I, I always did what I wanted to do. I was always like comfortable with myself. I was always like, and I'm stubborn as hell. Like, <laughs> if anyone tells me like, oh, you can't do that, or you know, guys don't dress like that, guys don't wear nail polish, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do it even more now. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna do my, I'm gonna do my toes now. Like. So I've always been that person that was just kind of like wanting rest of the grain and yeah, whatever I saw, I liked it. So it was like, I liked, you know, emo music, punk music. So I started dressing punk. I like anime, Final Fantasy. So mm. I incorporated a lot of like styles from that because it's a very drawing style when it comes to like things like Final Fantasy or anime, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And I started watching stuff like that and I'd be like, oh, that's I think that's cool. And I would just wear it. Were you like a, a warp tour? person because I used to go to warp tour back in the day I I always wanted to go but I could never like 
afford to go. I was always that oh, kid that okay. like I would just like s- I would sneak into concerts yeah. and then I would get kicked out shortly afterwards. <laughs> oh my god! That was always me and my friends. Um, but I was def I was definitely a warp tour kid without actually going to warp tour. Now I feel you. Me too. So it's funny how you talk about like you do whatever you want. You don't allow anyone to put you in a box. I'm kind of this in that same wavelength. I used to skateboard, I listened to rock, you know, I mm. loved all different kinds of genres of music. And of course, like people always assume like, oh, you love hip hop. And I'm like, I like all <laughs> kinds of music. Not, I mean, yeah, of course I like hip hop, yeah. but all kinds. Cause like, I was into like, uh, I loved Paramore, who else? There's a bunch. And I remember when I went to, to Warp Tour and it was so fascinating. Cause it's like, I don't know. Like I didn't really see too many people like myself there. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I feel like the punk aesthetic is like growing a lot more and it's being embraced a lot more than maybe 10 years ago. Oh, I saw a picture of Drake wearing nail polish mm. like that. was, and I was getting tagged in it and I was like, it, it was cool to see, but it was also like, where was this when I was in high school? Yeah. <laughs> where was this energy when I was in high school, you know? Um, but yeah, it's definitely coming around. I think people are definitely becoming more open to you know, different fashion senses, different styles. Um, I, I think the world is just slowly becoming a more open place, which then leads to, you know, a lot of more open criticism and hate. Mm. But I think they both go hand in hand, you know, and hopefully one day everyone will just accept. <laughs> and I would hope like so. What they like. I, mean, I mean, I feel like it is getting to that point just because it's, it, well, I feel like that openness is increasing then of course that openness also increases people's opinions and what they perceive the world to be um, versus what it actually is. And this is actually a good transition because when it comes to reality TV shows, (laughs) not everything that's portrayed is what is actually, like what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And so you have been on various different reality TV shows. And like you were saying, you're someone who likes to be themselves and just do what you wanna do. But talk to us about that journey, because I feel like the personal journey that you had growing up, just being yourself, it must have been a very unique, I wouldn't say challenge, but it must have been a unique journey when you have millions of people who can then comment on you and your aesthetic and how you handle things on those reality programs. Yeah, I think, you know, my journey was a very interesting, unique one because it was something I never aspired to do. Like, I've never watched I'm not a big reality TV person. I never watched it. I didn't apply. I got asked and I was kind of in a place in my life when I got asked to do it where it was during quarantine. I didn't have a lot going on. I got laid off. I got broken up with. I was kind of at this point of like, why not? You know, but the one thing I always stayed true to was like, I was like, if I do this, I'm never going to do anything that, you know, my mom wouldn't be um, proud of, you know, or I'm not going to do anything that, um, my nieces and nephews are going to see later on in life and be like, oh, my uncle's a dick. Like, I, <laughs> like, I was like, I'm never going to, I'm just going to portray who I am. I'm never going to do anything like that. And I think, I think almost looking at like hindsight of reality TV, I think because so many people go on it and they try and everybody wants to have that moment and wants to be, there's so many dramatic moments. Yeah. And for me, I'm such an anti-dramatic person. So I think, I think the thing was, it was, somehow in like this weird reverse way it became interesting to people to see me 
not give in to the drama. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, me kind of minding my own business and being, like, my own person kind of, like, set me... <laughs> Kind of made me interest. Me being essentially me being kind of boring made me interesting, <laughs> I think. So yeah, it was an interesting journey for sure, and I, I'm definitely a different person after the show for sure. In, in what way know. do you feel like you're different? I just feel like the shows, because there are two completely different shows. One was a competition show, one was a dating show, and mm -hmm. I feel like from the competition show, I was somebody who, um, I was somebody I was very naive. You know, I play with my heart, and I think. You know, the person that I came out of that show was like learning. I, I almost like I try to take everything from every, take something from everything I do. And from the first show, I lost very early on. I got betrayed. And I think I translated that into sort of like how I operate in business now, mm. where I'm not as naive. I'm going to ask those questions and I'm going to do my due diligence. And I'm not going to trust so easily. Mm. And I think, you know, same thing with the dating show. I've always been someone who I'm a constant flighter fight mode yeah. always whenever I would get into like a breakup or anything in my real life my first instinct is to run away when you're on a dating show there's nowhere to run <laughs> you're in a house you have to deal with your emotions so I think that forced me to finally deal with my emotions and relationships and confront them and now moving forward it's like I'm I think I'm just a better communicator and I'm I'm more in tune with my emotions even more so than I was before do you feel like it's you know, being in front of the cameras, being forced to not have to run from it, like it, do you feel like it helped you progress with tackling whatever, you know, internal demons or whatever feelings that you weren't able to cope with before? Did it feel like it forced you to just because you're constantly filmed that entire experience? Yeah, I think with, with an experience like that, it's like, you know, the entire world is going to see everything you do. And you know, unfortunately for me, I was on every episode and I did a lot of things. <laughs> so, you know, filming it was one thing I had to go through and then watching mm. watching me go through all that with the entire world's criticism is also something I had to go through. And I think it gave me the ability to grow a tougher skin and kind of, you know, kind of learn that everything is just momentary, you know, and you just got to learn to laugh at yourself, not take yourself too seriously. And... Yeah, I just, I just, I just think reality TV can really. I, I don't think I'd do it again, but <laughs> I think if if you look at it through the right lens and you really take a look inwards at yourself, mm -hmm. at yourself on reality TV, I think you can really grow a lot as a person. And also, I mean, one takeaway is that you can grow in terms of the opportunities and things that you cultivate after the show's air and you are a multi-hyphenate individual you're a musician fashion designer artist and now you are a podcaster you have your own podcast so now you you know i remember from our conversation you said that this podcast is about relationships without the scandalous conversations it's like these real and honest conversations so what's it been like producing it and and running your own podcast um, it's, it's been difficult to be honest. It's been sort of like, I'm sure as you know, it's like everybody has a podcast nowadays and yeah. it's kind of finding your own lane and kind of finding your own sort of like energy, what you bring to the table, like what, where, what's your lane? How do you want to navigate this? So I think it took me a little bit to kind of figure it out. I think I am now, but the most important thing to me was, you know, after the show and after everything happened, I never felt safe on a mm. podcast, like, so I said no to a lot of podcasts. 
And when I got the opportunity to have my own, I made sure to make it um, my own goal is like, if I'm going to do this, the main important, the main thing is for everyone that comes on my show to know that they're comfortable and they're safe here. And, you know, I've had people on and I've seen in the comments of people saying like, you know, this guest looks so much more comfortable here mm-hmm. than, than they do, you know, on another podcast. And I think that's like the most important thing for me is like making the guests, making production, everyone just knows this is a fun, safe, wholesome place. So. I agree with that. I mean, that's something that I like to instill in all of my work is like, this is a safe zone. You know, we may talk about, we, we may talk about personal things, but just know that it's safe. Cause I, I, I do understand, like there are a lot of podcasts that have like gotcha moments. And for me, I never enjoyed those or liked those. I feel like the more that you make someone feel like they can be themselves and be comfortable and let down their guard, the better the material and the better the conversation is. Yeah. I think obviously, you know, clickbait is a thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it gets to the point of like, there's so much clickbait. There's so many viral moments. It's like, what is, where's is the substance coming from? I think that's why I try to um, incorporate into all my endeavors really is substance and, and relatability and, and comfort. Yeah, I feel like more and more people want that because you're saying it's such a highly clickbait kind of environment on the internet right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, also as um, as influencers, I get, I hate calling myself that, <laughs> but um, the sort of industry that we're in, I think it's like, it's important to realize that like, the people that that consume our content are consuming it like regularly, mm-hmm. like daily, you know? And for me, it's like, if someone's gonna be watching me every day or watching me every week, I want them to know that they can come in and and consume my content and feel safe and feel comfortable and mm-hmm. and know that if they've had a rough day, if they see me anywhere, they know like, okay, it's it's chill here. It's cool yeah. here. You know what I mean? This is this is peaceful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, trust me. I, I love that too. And I also for me, I always try to how I portray myself online it's gonna be the same person that you meet. Yeah. Because I, I had those experiences where when people met me, they're like, oh, like how you are online? Like, oh, you're, you're exactly like that. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I don't wanna portray anything other than myself because I one, I wanna be myself because I feel like it's just a happier route. And then two, like you're saying, whatever the content is, I want you to consume it and know like that's me at the end of the day. Yeah. And yeah. I was going to say something else, but I'm going to leave it. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. okay. <laughs> well, through the process, you talked about like not being as naive, when, especially on the business front. Um, you've you dropped a few original capsules. When you're going through the process of whether it's capsules or whether it is uh, a nail polish line or anything like that, how do you determine whom you want to collaborate with? Um, I think it's just meeting them in person and seeing what their vision is and what their vibe is. Mm. Um, for myself, at least, I learned, again, through, you know, business to, you know, you have to be humble, you have to stay grounded. Um, but you also have to know your worth, mm. in a sense. And, you know, I think for myself, I said, a, I said no to a lot of things because I knew my worth. And I'm like, I don't want... I don't want your clothes. I don't want to do a shoot for your clothes. I want my own clothes. 
if you if you want to work with me, I want my name on the product kind of deal. And it's like that's kind of how I've I've learned who to work with and who to navigate with is who who believes in me is who I work with. Mm-hmm. And if you believe in me to put my name on your product or you believe in me enough to give me a nail polish colorway, then yeah, I want to work with you because you believe in me. I'm not just a a billboard for you. You know, you see a bigger picture here. So that's kind of how I navigate. And speaking of nail polish, how did that experience come about um, for you to have your own? Was it own colorway? Yeah, mm-hmm. old colorway, nail stickers. Um, yeah, it just it came about with, you know, me reaching out to the company. And it just started off small, like, hey, I just want to meet. Uh, you know, I really, like, their vibe and their aesthetic is very similar to mine. Mm-hmm. And... I just wanted to meet with them and see what we can do. And we had a, a lot of, it, it took a long time to, for them to like believe in me. A lot of, me, <laughs> a lot of meetings, you know, um, because they, they don't work with like any influencers. They only work mm-hmm. with the owners and stuff like that. But they, you know, after a few meetings, they were like, okay, we, we see the, we see the, we see the vision, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. And I think that's how it came about was just me being persistent and showing them like, no, like, trust me, like, trust me. And yeah, now I got my own colorway coming out, own collection, limited collection, and hopefully it does well. Cause it's kind of like you're betting on yourself almost. It's yeah. like, give me this, um, this, give me this quantity. Um, give me this colorway. If I, if I sell it out, if it does well, then we'll go from there. But you have to trust me, I'll make it happen. And then it's like, okay, well, you got it. And then it's like, shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, now it's the real deal. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you really have to, I've learned, like, I, you really have to bet on yourself if you want to make those big plays. And sometimes, you know, it, it may not work out. And But if it does, it's a, it's a big win. Yeah, absolutely. And And through this entire experience, what do you feel like you've learned about yourself? I don't know if I learned anything about myself per se but I think I've come to realizations I guess Mm. of like I am kind of I'm a I'm a lot smarter than I give myself credit for you know what I mean Mm. um I've always been that kid I've been like oh I'm a dumbass and everyone told me I would never amount to Mm. anything or you know I always always get into trouble and there were those were valid criticisms of me I was a little shithead I got (laughs) I, I was I was not the the sharpest tool in the shed like by far, but I think, you know, one thing I've always had is I've always believed in myself, mm-hmm. um, and I, whether it was like this fake belief or you know placebo belief I had in myself, there was always that little thing there, and I think I had a great conversation with um, Leo Skeppy, and he said to me he was like, you know, what that light that you have is there that like shining light you have is there but mm-hmm. in order for you to realize it you have to stack up these the evidence mm-hmm. you know and once you look back at everything you've done you'll finally see what everyone else sees in you and I think through everything I've done and through you know doing the shows I've been in LA for three months and it's like podcast clothing line no polish color it's like yeah like I did that and I can see, I can look back and see the evidence and be like, I learned about myself, like, you can do this, essentially. You're not a failure. <laughs> and 
I mean, and even if things don't always go right, it's okay. Like failure is part of the process too. You know, you're not gonna always get wins. No, you're not always gonna get wins all the time. But I think it's, I think it's very important to believe in yourself and to oh, yeah. to not stop. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the thing is like I always, I always wanted to stop. I always felt like an imposter. I always felt mm-hmm. like I was supposed to be here. Like I'm literally like, like I'm somebody who you know, like I met you on a, on a red carpet. For Spider-Man, the Spider-Man premiere. Yeah. Right. Play some place I never thought I'd be there in my entire life. I was over the moon. That was the highlight of my life. After that, I took a twenty-dollar Uber that I could barely afford, and I slept on an air mattress in my friend's spare room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like crucial, like <laughs> imposter syndrome. If you ever witnessed that before, but it's like, and every day I'm thinking like, just stop, bro. Just like you're not built for this, mm. you know what I'm saying? I see everyone around me. It's like I've been wearing the same boots for the past three months to every premiere, and it's like just stop. You're not cut out for this. But it's like the thing I learned about myself is like resilience. It's like I didn't stop. Mm-hmm. I never quit. You know what I mean? I'm I'm finally seeing the evidence stack up, and I think that's the most important thing for anybody that is not only in you know our field, influencing, entertainment, creator. Um, I think anybody is like, just don't stop. I think everybody has imposter syndrome. I think a lot of people want to quit, want to stop. And I think like, um, I, I was always like, bullshit, mm. maybe, quit, maybe give up sometimes, you know, <laughs> maybe st- I've, al- I've al- like, you know, girl, I've always been the person like, I'll, I'll just stop. I've always been somebody who I, I would get to a point and be like, oh, it's not for me. And I'd stop. And I think now I've become that person and people have seen me on TikTok grow from like zero followers to, you know, over a million go on shows. And I think seeing the way that people have been interacting with me and mm-hmm. seeing, you know, I went to the gym and someone was like, yo, bro, like, like, bro, you motivate me so much. And it's like, it's like, oh, like the thing that I never saw and me wanting to quit, I've see, I'm that thing now. Yeah. I'm that person that never quit. <laughs> All those videos I saw of people being like, I never quit. I got, I'm like, I'm becoming the person that never quit. Granted, I'm still going home and sleeping on an air mattress still, <laughs> but I'm not stopping. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that's, I think that's important. I think that's also important for people. Sorry, I'm talking so much, by the way. No, no, I'm, I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Go ahead. And I think that's also important for a lot of people watching this right now mm-hmm. that, you know, looking at looking at somebody in my position and maybe see my social media and see oh he's doing amazing things he's living up it's like no i'm still going home and sleeping on an air mattress i wake up and that shit is deflated like that <laughs> i got like i rolled out of bed i hit my elbow on the, on the hardwood floor like, i was like damn you know but i'm not stopping that hasn't prevented me from from keeping going and pursuing my dreams and i think that's important for people to hear it's like even though you see people doing these things it's like behind the scenes it's not always you know luxurious sometimes it is yeah but a lot of times it's like no i'm i'm still grinding it out just like anybody else yeah social media is just the highlights you know it doesn't really show always the other side of things and that's also why i wanted to start this podcast because i wanted to have real conversations with other creators and influencers because you know, there's a, there's a there's a misconceptions that I feel that surround what we do, and it's just letting people know, like, hey, if you want to do it, you can do it, but like, it's not always high moments. There's low moments. There's even moments where we're like, oh, I want to give up. Like, it's not this straight trajectory. 
But that's why having these conversations hopefully will help people decide like, is this really what you want to do? Or is it, you know, you're influenced by what you see and the, the outcomes that you want versus you actually wanting to do it? Yeah, and I think that's, that's exactly what you said. Everyone's seeing highlights. And I'm very open online when I'm streaming, when I'm doing anything. I tell people, I'm like, today sucks. <laughs> today really sucks. Like today is a terrible day for mm. me, you know? Um, just mentally, physically, emotionally, I'm, I'm down. And, pe and people will comment and be like, why don't you just go home and get a, get a real job? And I'm like, like, no. <laughs> like, no. Um, and it's like, and I think that, again, that's important for people to see. It's like people telling you, like, just stop, give up, get a real job. And you say no, and then you come back twice as hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes for anything. It goes for any, any sp like, sports. You know, if you, if you don't win a season or you don't win a game, what do you do? You go home, you practice if you want to get better. You give up, you're never going to win that championship. No. So I think that's important for people to see. You got to see you got to see people be resilient and and struggle and and show the real side of things. And and during that experience of like when you're opening up and you're sharing these uh these moments uh, why is it so important for you to do so? Like, I know you tapped on it a little bit, but I'm curious because I know a lot, of, you know, some people are afraid to open up because of the, the criticism that they may encounter because of the internet. But it seems like for you, sharing more of who you are seems so important when it comes to your creation as well as your overall journey. I just, I think I border this line of like ADHD oversharing and also just like, <laughs> and like, and also just not, can I cuss on here? Yeah, go ahead. Not giving a fuck. Like, I just like, I've always been like, I just don't, I just don't give a fuck what anyone has, thinks of me. Mm. I don't give a fuck about people being like, their perception of me putting me on a pedestal or putting me, or like, I want to look like I'm the shit. Like, I'm not the shit. I'm, I'm just me. I'm just dumb. I go, I have shitty days and I'll, I'll come online and then I'll tell you about my shitty day. <laughs> If I have a great day, I'll be all, and I'll, then it's a, then I'll tell you, like, today was a dope-ass fucking day. And the next day, I'd be like, nah, it's, it was okay, it was shit. Like, like, I have, there's no reason for me to not share that with people. I wouldn't be here without people following me and supporting me. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Any Anyone in our field, we, were, we wouldn't be here without the people pressing that follow button and wanting to see our journey and supporting us. So, I always, I like to be like, grateful for them and let them know like today's not a good day and you know my followers and I don't, even, I don't even like to call them followers but you know people that support me it would be like that sucks it's gonna get better and then when it gets when I tell them like oh I had a dope day they're like yeah like you know and they're <laughs> it's like a for win me. for everybody it's like a win for because yeah. like they I've always been open and I think that's kind of like not only helped me with my social anxiety um you know my mental health mm -hmm. like building this sort of community that I have like it's insane how um, social media can connect, like a, build a community together. It's like, yeah. I used to have these like gym lives, streams that I would do with like five people in them. Mm -hmm. No, and I would just talk to these five people, just late night in the gym. And they, they still watch my streams to this day. Wow. You know what I mean? When I had like a thousand followers and now there's like hundreds and thousands of people that watch my, they're still there every day. I release my clothing line, they, they buy it. They have like a Discord where they talk to people. They built a Discord 
where people can go if they feel unsafe they can go to my discord mm -hmm. and they can talk about their mental health and there's like a mental check-in little box that people can go yeah. to it's like it's crazy how from me being open and me being vulnerable and sharing myself has built has been able to build this little discord this little community now that that people feel safe and feel a part of when i go live people people come in they're like thank god you're live you're live like yeah I feel so safe here, you know, and I think that's a beautiful thing from being vulnerable. And one thing that I've always lived by is when you're silent, you deny others the benefit of knowing that they're not alone. Mm. So even when you may think like this is such a niche thing to be upset about or this is such a, you know, I feel this way or I feel sad today or this makes me feel, you know, depressed or I, or whatever it is, when you say that, you open that up, there's who cares? There might be one other person, 10 other people that like, I feel the exact same way. Thank you for validating that. Like, I'm not alone in this because it's like, say you're in a forest, right? And you're by yourself in this forest and you're lost. You're terrified, right? I'm in this forest alone. I'm lost. But you might feel a little bit better if you know that there's 20 other people also in the forest that are also just wandering around lost. You'd be like, okay, I, I just got to stumble upon one. I know there's other people in here that feel this way, that feel unsafe. I just got, I just got to stumble upon them. You feel a little bit better going through that forest, <laughs> knowing that there's other people in there that are also just lost and chaotic. But um, yeah, I think it's been super important. Um, I think I've built a great community. I think it's helped not only me, um, but more importantly, it's helped others by me being vulnerable and open. I, I agree. I, and I was, also, sorry I'm talking so much. Sorry no, don't apologize. Sorry, this is, listen, this is great. You're. You make my job easier talking more because when, when it's people who don't talk as much, I'm like, okay, what, what, what's next, you know? But no, I agree. I Because I decided to be a little more vulnerable with my audience. I would say crazy enough in 2020 because, you know, it was around that time where like nothing was okay. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm okay. And yeah. But it was, no, it was quite freeing for me. And like you were saying, it, it opened up the doors for other people to see that they're not alone, but then also see that like, yeah, even though I'm successful, I struggle with things just like everyone else. I struggle with mental health. I struggle with other things, right? Like I even had to tell my supporters that for this year, I said, I'm staying off of Twitter more. I, this is gonna impact my following, but like I need to protect my mental health because this platform is really fucking it up. Mm -hmm. But it was just the, just the support that people gave because I've been so honest about that journey. They were just like, do what you need to do. We're still going to be here. We're still going to support you. And that felt really, really great knowing that, you know, there's such a great support of people who, even though I may not know, know, know them, that they appreciated my honesty and they appreciated my openness and my vulnerability. And like you were saying, it helped them. Mm -hmm. And then later on, they even told me that like, they were so appreciative, like even during the quarantine time, they were like, I felt like I was alone, but like when you did your lives, when you did your streams, I did not feel alone because I felt like I was part of something. So I 100% agree, but I, I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's challenging sometimes to be vulnerable and it's challenging sometimes to open up about certain things. So I also think that some people sometimes take vulnerability and use it as a weapon mm -hmm. against you. Um, and that's something I'm I'm trying to navigate where it's like, okay, when when do I want to be open? When do I not? And then there's just certain things that I keep for myself. So like, for example, like relationships, I keep for myself. Yeah. So I don't tell people publicly on social media if I'm in a relationship. My close friends will know, but I just won't tell them because I feel like there's just certain things I want to keep for myself. 
do you ever, you know, with your vulnerability, you say that you may overshare, but are there, do you ever like keep certain things for yourself that you're like, huh, I don't, I don't want to tell the whole world about this? Um, I think like the, I'm pretty, my audience is like, yeah, he's pretty fucking open. But um, I think for me, it's like the only thing that I kind of keep away from my audience is like my family. Mm. I think like, you know, that's where things get, you know, like, because people can flip on you like that. I remember after the show, um, you know, there was a lot of drama and someone said something about me and like everything kind of flipped for like, you know, half a day. <laughs> everything flipped. And my mom called me crying because people were sending a message because they found out who she was. And I think that's something where like, luckily, everything got, you know, retracted <laughs> and things kind of worked out. And, and people were like, oh, no, no, that Dom's wasn't in the wrong. Dom's, <laughs> Dom's still cool. Dom's still cool, guys. It was like, oh, sorry. Sorry, Mama Dom. Um, but that's something that I've learned to kind of keep private is, like, not only, like, my mom and my little brother, but especially, like, my younger cousins and mm -hmm. my niece and, and my nephew. And um, I think that's something that I try to, like, unless they are, I explain to them, unless you're okay with it, like, mm -hmm. you know, they'll be like, why don't you post it? And I'm like, because I don't want anyone to ever message my niece yeah. <laughs> anything inappropriate or anything. So it's like I keep that away from from them. But when it comes to myself, like, I just, like, it's like you said, like, people can use your vulnerability as a weakness. Mm -hmm. You ever watch, like, 8 Mile? Yes. You know, like, the, the final battle when he has to, like, for the first time, he has to go first. Yeah. What does he do for, like, three minutes? He just rips on himself. <laughs> and then the other person can't say shit, can't diss him. So I think for me, it was like, if I just lay it all out, no one can ever make fun of me. You know what I mean? No one can ever say anything. It's like, I cried on my dating show and everyone's like, oh, he's a crybaby, he cries over this, he cries over that. I dropped the clothing collection called Crybaby. <laughs> Sold out sizes, whatever. It's like, okay, now what? <laughs> what What else? You paint your nails, like, you're this, you're that. Dropped the nail polish line. All right, cool. Now, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's like I always I always feel like if I take my vulnerability and I use it I weaponize it before you could weaponize it. Now what? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's always now what? Okay. It's like you're a crap. I got tattooed on my neck. Okay. Cool. Where do we go from here? <laughs> just like I I've always just used that. It's like I always beat them to the punch before they can ever say anything. Yeah. I remember Cause there was this one time on social media and I said something, it was not out of pocket. It's the one thing I realized is social media has a way of individual, well, individuals on the platform, they have a way of taking what you say, but projecting what they feel into what you said, even though what you say could be completely fine. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with it. And then they take it out of, out of context. And I remember I, 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 I said something about how like, content creation and how there's some content creators that are starting to go to universities and teach it and i said hey it's now becoming like more people are viewing it as a legitimate career and there were there were several creators that got upset that i said that and but when i said that i was like i'm not dissing your career but there's studies that show that 90 percent of creators it's not a career for them. Most careers do not make a salary from it. Yeah. It's not legitimized as a career. Like you can't say like, oh, I'm gonna go to school or I'm gonna do this to become a content creator. Like there's no pathway for it. Yeah. 
And then when I explained it, even with the stats, you know, some of them were still upset just because of that word legitimate. And I just, I told him, I was like, I'm not gonna be responsible for your feelings. Like I handle everything with care. After that, and I explained it, which I didn't have to. After that, that's kind of on you. Yeah. And even they were still mad. And, and so I, that's when I got to the realization that, like you said, I'm going to be open. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to weaponize, you know, whatever they try to use. And then after that, it's just like, if you're mad, you're just, that's kind of on you. I'm just not going to be responsible for those feelings. Yeah. And honestly, that's, it's either one, the one thing that they like, when you don't give into it or you like lean into it, they either like end up like respecting it. <laughs> Or just like it just nullifies them completely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, if anyone were to say anything, like I've had trolls come at me, and I'm like, they're like, oh, like you suck. You're the, you're the worst person ever. You're so cringe. I'm like, nah, you right. Not nah, <laughs> not as fast. Like I'm like, nah, you right, bro. Like you know, people have daily affirmations. I have daily insults. There's nothing I've said. <laughs> like you want to go through what I say to myself in the mirror in the morning time, and they're like, whoa, like. Uh, you kind of cool, you high, bro. Like, <laughs> so it's like I I always feel like you know words. At the end of the day, words and what people say. It's like the people that love me, the people that I surround myself with, my friends that I've known my entire life, my family know the person I am, mm-hmm. and that's to me that's what matters to me most. At the end of the day, is the people that I love, the people that I surround around me, what their opinions are of me, and anybody else. It's like. I don't, I don't, I, I can't, I'm not going to take time out of my day to change how you feel today. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'd rather spend that time, you know, that I would use trying to convince the trolls that I'm, you know, a cool person or something like that. I'd rather use that time to check in on my, on my grandma or check in on my little brother or hang out and have a good time with my friends. So. I think, and important, another thing about influence is like, there was this thing, I had this mm-hmm. thing where like, you can have a, a thousand great comments, but you always focus on like that one bad one, mm-hmm. right? And it took me a while, a lot of like rewiring. And now I'm like, I'm only going to show, I'm only going to respond and show love to the people that like, show love. Yeah. Because that's what's important at the end of the day. Because if you show people like, I don't care about the bad, like, I, I'm not going to respond to the bad stuff, I'm just going to respond to the love. It, that also nullifies the trolls where, like, this guy never responds to any hate. <laughs> He's never, <laughs> he never, why am I, why am I spending my days attacking this man? <laughs> he, he responds to everything but mine. It's, it just nullifies it, you know, it's like playing chess almost. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm at that point too where I'm like, ugh, whatever. They'll be like, oh, you're such like, like kind of like you, or like, yeah, okay. Yeah. If that's how you feel, okay. Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and, and waste energy because I'd rather spend energy on people that I love and projects that I love and just things that uplift myself and everyone around me. Um, and, and speaking of that, what other projects do you have coming up that you would like the listeners to to know about? Um, you know, I also I have the clothing collection that's out now um, with Peace Collective called Crybaby, um, Nail Polish Line, Nail polish color, maybe specific coming soon. Um, obviously, my podcast, but I think um, everything that I'm working towards is, is music. I mm-hmm. think right now what I'm doing is like I'm trying to take all the eyes that I have on me from after the show and being in LA and just capitalize on these opportunities. Like with my clothing line, I'm giving 
we're giving a percentage to CAMH, which is a center for addiction and mental health mm. back in Canada. And I'm donating 10% of my proceeds to women's shelters across Canada, specifically sistering, because my mom used to work at a shelter when I was a kid. And any deals that I do, I always give back to um, a woman's shelter back in where I live, because that's so important to me. And I understand how underfunded they are. But once I sort of established these things, I want to just go back to making music and touring and kind of get back to my passion and what really makes me happy because I feel like I've done a lot of like which isn't a bad thing but it's like I've done a lot of like how do I how do I give back how do I provide because you know the people that follow me and support me have done so much for me it's like I want to give back to them um give back to to uh to charities that mean a lot to me use my platform to do some good Mm -hmm. um and it's been like LA is just draining the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna be real. It's like, uh, like I don't know how everybody does it. I'm, I'm good off that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just here to just kind of like, I want to get this stuff done, lock this stuff down, and future projects. It's like I just want to get back to the music. I want to get back in the studio with my band. I want to tour, and just kind of go back to just being a enigma. Just, just you know what I mean? Like Lenny Kravitz just like pop up every once in a while. Yeah. But I just want to make music. I feel it. Yeah, L.A. is definitely, it's it's a different energy for sure. Uh, I'm from the East Coast, so when I came here, I was like, oof, this is a hard adjustment. They usually say it takes over a year to like actually get adjusted to L.A. Yeah, but then I learned, it's like, I don't think, this sounds like I'm hating L.A. Like, I don't hate L.A. I don't, like, I don't hate L.A., I don't hate the West Coast, I don't hate California. I'm just, I'm such a, I'm not, I'm such an introvert, and I'm such a homebody. Me too. Like, contrary to belief, but I really am, like, I don't like going to events, like, I don't like going to parties, I don't like networking, I don't like any of that stuff, I'm, like, so it's, like, I, my, social battery has just been that like critical red level for like (laughs) the past like two months and it's like i'm just ready to kind of just you know have have more me time i think so yeah in terms of future projects i think it's like yeah the music is what i'm most excited for people to hear the new music Oh, we're looking forward to it as well. And I feel you on the introvert. I tell them every time we're done filming, I go home. I don't talk to anyone. I literally just sit on my couch and binge watch a show that doesn't require that much mental power. Yeah. That's like my way of like recharging myself. Yeah. My friend, my best friends, um, they call it a, they call it Showtime Dom. Like whenever I'm like out. Yeah. Because they know like I go out and it's like I Cause like I'm an introvert, but it's like I I can turn it on. I could be myself, and I could you know not be a total drag at a party. <laughs> walk around, and be like, you know, everyone suffer. Like <laughs> I could turn it on and turn on my social battery. They call it Showtime Dom, and I was messaging my best friend yesterday, and he's like, "How Showtime Dom doing?" I'm like, "He's working OT, man. He's working, <laughs> he's work he's working warehouse hours. Like, cause I used to work like twenty hour shifts back in the day in a warehouse. He's like, he's working work he's working warehouse hours. He's tired. He's like." He's like, you go out to these parties and you go home and you just cry. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. Go out, socialize, go on my air mattress, and I just start humming at the ceiling. Like, <laughs> just happy that the day is over. Uh, no, I feel you. But that shows that there's a lot of introverts in the industry. I think a lot of people don't don't realize that. And so you gave a lot of gems today. You gave a lot of just thought-provoking quotes and, and perspectives. 
For those who are tuning in, what is that one advice that you hope that they would take away from today's episode? What is that one real gem that you would like to drop? Ooh, the one real gem? I think... I feel like I always... I always say, I have like a bunch of like things I learned through mental health. I mean, through therapy and my mental health. Like I always say like, you know, it's 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 okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say happiness is not a destination. You know, it's just a feeling like everything else. But I think the important thing is like, if I had to give advice to anyone, I think the thing that I've learned so much, like we were talking about before, and I realized about myself is just like, you just have to you have to believe in yourself more than anyone else does you know and i think it's hard to do that i think we we're in such a place where we rely so much on so many other people's opinions mm-hmm. of us and i think like we rely so much even like as an influencer getting brand news it's like that's only because of other people's opinions of us yeah. we post a picture we need engagement in order to drive up our stock that's other people's opinions of us you know what i mean and i think it's hard to rewire that and to realize that your opinion is more important than others. And I think that's what gives you, or at least for me, I think that's what's kind of given me the edge and um, and kind of like this sort of power, I feel like, where like I came from, not, I don't care if I lose all my followers tomorrow. Yeah. Like, that's fine. I am completely fine going back to the warehouse and working from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., working out from 4 to 6, going home and watching anime. I am totally fine with that. But as long as I have this platform, I realize, like, I felt this imposter syndrome, and I'm, and I'm like, well, I can't do that. I'm here now. I'm here now, so I got to make something happen. But I'm fine going back to that. I'm not scared to go back to that. Mm-hmm. And I think having that power, it, it, it gives you this sense of relief, like, in anything of when like I'm not afraid to fail I'm not afraid to go back to rock bottom I've already felt what that felt like mm-hmm. it's not that bad it might actually have some more pros than the position that I'm in right now there's a lot more stability mm-hmm. <laughs> in not having anything <laughs> you know um, so it's like I'm fine going back to that and I think because of that I believe in myself so much and my and what I believe in means so much to me that I'm not gonna let anybody else's opinions of me deter me from what I'm doing I think that's important. That's a long gem <laughs> to to put on people, but I think it's it's an important one to to realize is that what you have to realize what you stand for and and be firm on that and stand on that and believe on that. And there was this I got this tattooed on me after the mall um cuz I was reading this thing. It was the episode that I got eliminated on and in the mission there was a quote that said integrity will be rewarded. And I got that tattoo on me, and I didn't even believe at the time. I was like, whatever, it didn't be rewarded. But it's like, after everything I've been through with the reality shows, everything, it's like I kept my integrity. I did things how I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Like how Miles says, like, nah, I'm going to do my own thing. I did my own thing. I stood my ground. And now I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing the results of that, slowly but surely. And I think that's very important. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for coming on today's show. So where can everyone find you on social media? You can find me at Don't Call Dom on Instagram, TikTok, um, and follow my band, Don't Call Band, on Instagram, and Don't Call One Word on all platforms. And also check out my podcast, Dom Meets World, available everywhere in the past your time, past your bedtime YouTube channel. 
Dom, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. No, thank you so much. And thank you to all the viewers for tuning in. Let us know, what was your favorite real gem from today's episode? Drop it, excuse me, drop it in the comment section. Also, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Real Gems with Aaron. We have much, much more in store coming up. If you enjoyed today's guest, well, stay tuned for the next one. Until then, my name is Aaron Ashley Simon. See you, everyone.